Hey, what's up everyone out there? Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of the Addicted Fishing Podcast. I got a fun one for you guys today, but before we kick this one off, I want to say shout out to our sponsor, Nick Wax. Huge shout out to them for helping us to continue to do this podcast. We got links down below if you guys want to check them out. Shout out to Nick Wax. What we're going to do today is I'm going to ask Josh a question. And go. however he answers this question is going to decide what we talk about in this podcast. And they think it's all like crazy, like, oh, what's it going to be? But it's going to be pretty simple. You ready, Josh? I'm ready. What is your favorite way to catch steelhead? No, oh, easy. Bobber and worm. All Bobber day. and worm. Cool. So there we go. We are going to talk today, just to expand on it a little bit, because we can't really talk for 25 minutes about bobber and worm, unless it's me talking the whole time. So what we're going to do is just talk about bobbers in general, float fishing for steelhead. That's going to be the the subject tonight. And I think all of our Midwest people are going to really enjoy that. I think everyone's going to enjoy that subject. But we got to stick to bobber fishing. Like, don't start talking about drift fishing and stuff, Cameron. Like, you know. Go why do you just automatically accuse me of that? I don't know. Because the, the numbers are declining no, what, because but, but bobber fishing is so effective. bobber and bead count? Yeah, it's float fishing. <laughs> float fishing? My favorite. Just kidding. No, it's not. It does work. You know, I told myself this year for sure, like, with the whole bead thing, it's like, I got to fish bead. Like, I got to have a bead rod set up and start giving it a chance. But I, if I hook four to five fish and lose them, I'm not fishing it anymore. Well, that's why you have a new. Oh, that's true. I was saying, we worked on this all last year, dude. Where have you been? True. Oh, that's right. Not fishing. I do bead. it. That's why we have a new advantage. <laughs> we have the new advantage bead hook. That's right. I rig rods for beads, and I just, I'm not confident in them, I don't feel like. so. Yeah. I And it's funny that you say that, because even when me and you are out fishing a lot in the wintertime, Josh, like, you always have a bead rod, but very rarely do I see you <laughs> cast it. You know, but like last year, you know, but look, at, look at like what happens though, like last year, you know, Jordan and I start fishing every single freaking day. Mm-hmm. You guys are, and, and on the weekends, like we're doing kind of like our daily grind. We're competing with a lot of people. The water was like super low and clear. And I mean, shoot, last winter, I caught 80% of my fish on beads, mm-hmm. like 80%. I a mean, a lot of that has to do with where you're fishing too, true. I feel like. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'll give you, I'll give you that. Because like. There's certain rivers where, like, I have tried really hard to fish, to fish beads. We floated the river. We'll fish bead rods. We'll fish, and I don't care, dude. They just don't want them. I think it has a lot to do with, like you said, the system and what is coming back to that system. That's what and I whether think. Whether or I not think there's like, eggs prevalent in the system, right? Like the river I'm talking about doesn't have a very good salmon. Room. So by the time you're fishing for winter steelhead, there's not very many eggs floating down the river. So I don't know. I just. It's weird. I mean, I know guys catch them on that yeah. river on beads, and I've actually hooked a couple on beads, but it's definitely not the best method. Well, let's think about this. So, like, that river, it's a, it's a high, canyony, like, the areas you mainly fish are bouldery, and, you know, let's take the lower float, maybe the lower half of the lower float mm-hmm. out of it. But, like, so a lot of the stuff, the 80% of the time, let's just yeah, say, 80% of the time you fish, you're fishing water that I think is just very, very, very conducive to worm, jig, float fishing. Yep. Like you're yeah. not drifting through, you're not doing a lot of beads. And generally, when you're fishing that high up in a system, the water is also really clear. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I mean, which also lends itself good to, to bead fishing, but you're not going to take a bead and then like wrap it around every one of those boulders. First off, you're going to snag everything you own. Yeah, exactly. And second off, like you give those fish a target that they can see and... I don't know. I guess the way they jump out of those boulders and the way that fishes through there, I think it just lends yeah. itself better to that too. So it's also where, so you're right. It probably has a lot to do with where you're fishing. 
Yeah, exactly. I think I think it's where you're fishing because I there and then there's other rivers where it's like if you're not fishing a bead, I don't even know what you're doing there. Yeah, I think if you get in a contested area where you have a lot of people and you have like a hatchery run and you have stuff like where you really then you're gonna you, fish you, worms, you know, just like the dude on our forum said today. Oh <laughs> no, you're not. I even agreed with him to a point on that. It's like if you have like challenged What's fish. What's funny about it? That whole conversation started, and I'm sure you read it. Like I was agreeing with him too. I was just saying, yeah, dude, don't rule yeah. them out. Like there's been a lot of times I can I can name a specific so, time on an Oregon coastal river that is very very small, everyone on the entire river fishes beads and I came right in. Well, literally there was ten guys on the bank. I came in first cast with a with a six not a six inch but a four inch cut down worm. Boom, bobber drained. I got well, a twelve pound hatchery let, fish. Let's keep in mind that when we also went up north to film a steelhead movie, we were told that worms weren't going to work. Yeah, worms everybody don't up work. there fishes beads, and they I think we all good. did pretty damn. Good worms don't worms. work in Alaska, folks. They don't right. have. So they don't, worms I, don't work. So what's what's that boil down to? I think you know this kid. You know, I call him a kid, but he's probably older. I think he's fifteen. But he the the conversation was guys is that summer fish won't buy a worm. And then it turned into, no, it's only like at the hatchery summer fish won't buy worms, but wilds will run down worms. And it's like, <laughs> my my conversation kind of went, is well, a steelhead. I go, well, I go, you don't really know if what you actually caught was a true wild because they don't necessarily clip them all and depending on where you're at, like, I go, you don't even know what the hell you caught. But I've seen it on very many instances where uh, a, a steelhead will swim 25 feet and engulf a worm just so when they see it coming. worms work good in the Midwest? I've never been. I'm not going to say anything. Because I hear those work? guys say no. But why wouldn't they work? Yeah, I mean, I they they, they basically do size claim that they need to downsize down, everything. They downsize everything. Every picture, though, I see, though, looks... But the question is, is, are they fishing how we fish? I don't know, because I only well, question... No, someday, maybe we'll find out. Right. Someday we will find out. Damn it. But I'll tell you what. February 26th through the 28th, <laughs> we're going to find out. 22nd, but... Yeah, 22nd. Yeah, this is that's a quick trip. Yeah, yeah February, <laughs> 26th, February 22nd. Oh, we're just going to fly there and fly back. Fly there, hit a day, and be like, this is cold and we're leaving. There's going to be a time in my life where I do do that. What? I'm just, just going to hopefully be at a point in my life where I can just jump on a plane, go fish somewhere, and then fly home. Spend more time in the air than on the water? Yep. You're nuts. <laughs> Why don't you just be at a time in life where you just plane. go for a week and say, Like, I was it. thinking this year, like, I may fly up to Alaska just for a weekend. That's Fly in on a Friday, stay Saturday, Sunday, fly home, Monday. You've been there though, so it's so worth it. Hard. It is so worth it. You could go there for two days and catch more fish than you'd catch the entire season in the Northwest. Right, but I feel like you know, even and we know this even from going to areas where Jordan like guides, like it still takes a couple days to like dial it in. No. Okay, unless you're Marlon Lefevre, I mean, it really does. <laughs> you take show up, took, you know what I'm saying? And that's like, what's funny. That's so what? we were we were B squad. You could and so show they up with had the wrong gotten con- a couple days to figure it out. But I also think we timed the water. Yeah, they showed up oh, on the yeah, wrong condition. We're not going to talk about that because it rained four inches the day. That's you the only and that's what needed We all know. Show up on the wrong condition. There would have been a lot more fish. Oh my days. Let's keep in mind too. That I we Travis and I spent our due diligence and drove around to all the places that didn't have steelhead just to check them off. The if you list. guys are listening to this podcast, we're supposed to be talking about fishing. Yeah, we're supposed to be talking about bobbers. If you guys are listening to this podcast and you don't know what we're talking about, we're talking about Addicted Alaska Two Winter Chrome Blend, which is on our YouTube channel, Addicted Fishing. So make sure you guys go check it out. It's actually a full length featured steelhead fishing movie, and it's where worms don't work. I'm gonna tout, tout myself and give myself a pat on the back. It's a good fishing movie. 
and where worms don't work, but you'll notice that we do a lot of really creative editing to make it look like worms are slaying up there. Yeah, <laughs> oh yeah. That's just exactly what it is. So back to that topic. Let's go back yeah, to float yeah, fishing. Yeah, yeah. So Josh originally said bobber and worm. And one thing I want to talk about is worms for years and years and years, it was like pink worm. You know, it was bobber and pink worm. I mean, one of the first videos we ever uploaded on YouTube, the title of the video was Steelhead Bobber Down Pink Worm. And that video today has like 120,000 views or something. But that's just what people called it. Like, that's all it was, pink worms. You know, I think Berkeley was some of the first people to kind of innovate that into the into the marketplace, in the Northwest at least. I know a lot of guys in Canada were doing it way before any of us. Canadians seem, they're just a lot smarter than us, I think. They always, <laughs> they're they're way, always way ahead of the game. <laughs> they always innovate in the fishing world way before we do. But anyway, I think some guys in Canada. But then Berkeley, I think, originally came out with the first you know, pink worm. And it was like the power bait pink worm. And I remember like driving around and buying packs of those everywhere because of how good they were. Like 10 at a time. But now what's happened and what's really cool is all these other companies, you know, Mad River, WFO, Addicted Steelhead Worms who are made by Mad River. Um, you still have Berkeley in there. A lot of little small manufacturers are making all these worms and they're making them in all these different colors. And it's like opened up a whole new realm to worm fishing, I think, and it's made worms work in multiple water conditions and multiple different levels. It's really changed, I think, just the whole technique as a yeah. whole. You know, Instead everything. of just having one pack of worms, you I literally have a box that has like twenty different colors in it. It's like yeah. your, it's like your jig portfolio, but now you have a worm portfolio. That's exactly like I have a worm bag that has like, you know, probably thirty different colors in it. And you'd be surprised some days some colors are better than others. Dude, it's especially on certain rivers certain rivers definitely have dude it is so apparent you know like and i think a lot of that just has to do with the water you know but a lot of rivers sometimes like you know this river never turns the color you know some of our local rivers never turn the color of some of the rivers like yeah on the olympic peninsula you know one in particular and that has to do with the nutrients in the ground right well, I was just going to say, too, like you see a lot of those pictures from those guys in the Midwest. You talk about, like, where the oh, worms yeah. don't work. Yeah. And then if you think about it, like, the only parallel we have there is that little tiny river that I really like to fish. And honestly, I don't do that. No, they, they don't there. work that well there. And it's not. And it's also probably because I don't try them because I'm so successful with our Sink It series. I try And bait. Yeah. I fish them. And, and beads. do not work that And they beads that just great. murder. But I also think, going back to what we talked about earlier, where your places that you fish 80% of the time in that upper river... There's none of that in there. And so when that water gets low, what do those fish do? I mean, they're looking for cover in mm -hmm. riffles. They're looking for cover not in those deep, boily, bouldery canyons. Yeah. They are, or in spots like that. Or, it's so true. They're, and, and, but in that river, they're looking more, for riffles. Which is a lot more conducive to fishing a beat as well. But mm -hmm. it would be interesting to see, like, if this year, when you're fishing on that river, if you just always had one rod... Token worm rod. Just ready with I've like... I've caught one fish well, on like a beat on that already. river. You know, a lot of times on you're like dragging... One fish on a beat on that river that you're talking... No, the other one. Oh, his. Yeah. Yes. Mine. The local his. one. <laughs> These guys are like, what in the hell? We're trying to not name a river name, but <laughs> oh, tell them what I river mean, we're talking even about. Even we can tell you, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> if you guys, again, like I know some of you guys may be new to the podcast or new to the Addicted brand. We keep river names out of our content just because we have a lot of followers. We have a lot of people that listen to what we do and fishing shouldn't be about spot chasing. It should be about, you know, having fun, getting out and learning, learning the rivers. You know, some of my, my best memories are going to places I had never fished with some of my best friends and learning it, you know, taking yeah. two or three trips, four trips before we did good. Or some of the greatest memories are when we went there for the first time and smashed them. 
So like, but you do that every time, like you when you go to Alaska, you're just yeah, gonna exactly. go for the first okay. time. Okay, just check every time. <laughs> but no, seriously. So we keep river names out in respect to the people that have spent a lot of time learning those rivers, to respect to the locals, and just because I don't see the point in chasing reports. Make your own report, don't chase them. So that's why we keep river names out of the content. Hope you guys appreciate it. And if some of you guys don't, sorry. This is what it is. Back to float fishing. Back to yeah. float fishing. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm like, I can continue on on that mm-hmm. subject for a while, but I'm not going <laughs> to. Yeah, I think I covered I it go back well. to some float fishing here. So, what's your favorite color worm, Josh? Uh, red pearl. It's not red pearl anymore. It's what is called it called the now? Redemption. Uh, it's still. It's red pearl in my book, damn It's it. money because it's so, like, versatile. It fish is. is low, fish is high, fish is everything. It fishes really well in all water clarities, all different You levels. wouldn't think this uh, is a low clear water worm. Oh, uh, that's... And this is, so what Josh is talking about is our red redemption worm, which is available on on our website, addicted.fishing. And we have a whole bunch of different colors on there that you can choose from. But basically, it's like a subdued red color, like a little bit lighter color red with a white, pearl white tail. And it works really well. But there's some new ones that are coming out that I think are going to be just as got some new ones in 2021 that are definitely going to be some officials. Cam, what's your favorite worm? Peachy Pearl. You want to know why? The Peach Legend. The only reason why. <laughs> yeah. The only reason why it's my favorite color is because I know I'm never going to cast on the hole before you. So, like, I it's know that, last. and it's going to be a red pearl going through there yeah. first, so I have to be yeah, different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Sean, Sean, who's actually in the podcast studio right now, he caught his biggest fish ever on a, on a Peach Legend worm. Mm, that's right. So, peach and that legend worm is really, hard to beat. Again, I think that's Cam's clarity. favorite worm as, as well because one of the rivers that he likes to fish a lot, that water is always a Really mm-hmm. good glacier, awesome green color to, to fish that worm. Yeah, and two I, to three foot viz some days at most, and it generally fishes really good when it's a little higher, um, I, despite what that kid need, said online today. You know what we need to do? We need to make like an infographic that has all of our worms laid and out, what and then next for. to each one, it will tell people like where the water you would fish these worms in. That's a good idea. That could actually work for... Yeah. We should just start naming them so after rivers. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> Oh, this one, Bullshit, river name. Only worked oh, on this river. Well, I know where the pink and yellow one's at. Where's that one? At? Where's the ugly one at? Disco. The disco worm. disco worm. Yeah. I do like the disco. Yeah. There's some so many other companies out there, too. Like Jimmy from Mad River, he makes uh, his Nightmare Worm, which is just like a blood red with a black tail that's just a killer. He also killer, has killer, one called Steely Sorbet or something that's mm. like, or it's like just the perfect pink, the perfect orange. And it works so good. And you know what, but here's the thing, like, why do you have all these different words? You know, I, so I saw a question on our forum a couple of days ago, and it was like, why do you have, you know, you guys have 15 colors of worms. If they all work so well, why don't you just have two? Why don't you just have three? And let's just be honest. I mean, you need to have a lot of worms that work with your condition. So, like, you know, you got these, like, bright pinks, and then you've got these subtle down colors. you got these colors that have wicked tails and high contrasts, right? you got the MJ Reloaded. you got the black one. But even within those groups, like, we have a clear water pack and something like that. But, mm-hmm. you know, where all the – you have all, like, the subdued colors and you have all the bright colors. But you got to be different than everybody else that's fishing no, there. Because yeah. a lot of steelheaders, like Marlon, like to fish worms. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's just good like to changing have... out your jigs when you're fishing a hole. You exactly, same up. same thing as changing out jigs. The same reason of you get in a bass fisherman's boat and he'll have every single color of Sanko that's on the market mm-hmm. because it's just that's that's fish. Like, and and I've seen it so many times where on some rivers one color worm works way better than on on other rivers, and so it's just I always try to keep 
And then the same is like if you're on the same river in the same day and the water's different, you know. If you know some some holes, if it's like a super deep hole, I may change the worm out to a lot brighter worm because I'm fishing like a deep hole and I'm trying to get the attention of those fish that may be sitting deep. So it's really, really good to have all different color worms. You've got a story about that just you know, I mean we were using jigs that day, but like if you're you don't think that sometimes a certain worm color, whether it be bright or subtled uh, or subdued down that can trigger a bite uh you're you're not in the you're not in the same realm exactly you, you need to spend some more time on the water and see well and it's funny i instantly and i finally posted the youtube link today in that forum thread on the addicted fishing forum of us on that southern coastal river where we're fishing for those hatchery fish mm-hmm. and actually you weren't on there because mm-hmm. you had left but like that hole we were fishing is literally like one of the most popular hatchery holes on the river the water was about as low as it gets it was like 100 cfs and we sat there and teed off on hatchery steelhead with worms. And it was like, you'd catch two or three, then you'd change your color, run a different color through there, boom, you'd get another one. Oh, that's right. And I, I had bad news for that guy in the forum. Like, it actually, those were actually um, those stocks of fish, by the way, those early stocks they put in there. Yeah. They are from that. I know. <laughs> so I was like, oh, yeah. I know. And that's what's so well, those funny Those won't bite worms like they bite and, worms, dude. And probably what it is and what's... It's perception. You know, it's not even... Well, probably what it is, again, is he just does... He's, he just... If he is young, he doesn't have much experience. Like, he hasn't fished in all these different scenarios. And I could say the same thing, like, when I was – I mean, I remember when I was 18, 19, I was a punk little cocky kid, and I thought that, like, all these little things worked good, and nothing else worked. Like, when I bass fished, it was like, if you don't fish a spinnerbait, you're an idiot. Black and blue laminate Cinco. Exactly. It's the only color. It's the only color. Black and blue laminate. It used to be. I'm not going to doubt for a second that that kid shows up at Doubt the well, Hatcher home, but, and, and with those old boys and gives it to him because yeah. he, he was he was saying some of the right things, you know, or what I would perceive, like I said, perceptions, everything, perceive are the right things where he's like, oh, yeah, you know, you got to settle it down, 132nd ounce, 116th ounce jig, a little meat, well, it's just, you know, summer stuff. Like, oh, yeah, you got to do that. We've in those done highly, that a lot. You got to do that in the highly competitive spots. But I'm like, if you don't think that if I throw a pink worm into like some fresh freaking tide water and find a steely hanging behind a stump and he's not going to run out 20 feet and just engulf it like uh, you've not it's just steel hunting like beads. i have i mean if you don't fish a worm you're going to miss the fish that you would have caught on a worm exactly you know you're exactly fish that you're and that's the other it. thing you know when you're fishing out there every fish is different like every that's what i love about steelhead is they're all like you could see a hole and see six of them in a hole and for some reason five of them won't bite but the sixth one will eat every damn thing that goes in front of him mm-hmm. and so it's or, you know, those five that weren't bite, you'd switch between three or four different worms. And finally, on the fourth worm, one of those five steel decides he wants to eat it. I've just seen it too many times, seen it in videos, seen it in real life. And so you if I know, can say one thing, have a good variety of worms, have a good variety of jigs, have a good variety yeah. of beads. And we got to start wrapping this thing up. Carry a spoon rod and never use it like I do. Yeah, but we'll have spoons for another <laughs> That's discussion. the one that you always see me yeah. carry and that I never use and I always go to the bobber rod. Yeah. Because we're fishing too fast. Bobber fishing is my favorite. That's a fact. I'm always rushing people. Let's, let's go. Let's get out of this hole. Go. Next hole. Next, one. next hole. Fast. There's nothing in here. It's hunting. It's hunting. Uh, go, 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 go. All right, everyone. Thanks so much for listening to this podcast. Hopefully, you enjoyed this little discussion about float fishing. We're going to kind of expand on that and hopefully yeah. talk jigs another week, talk a whole episode about beads, and just keep expanding on these topics. We appreciate you guys tuning in. Thanks so much. We'll see you on the river. See you guys.